This is Michael Witt at Lone Community Radio. I am joined on the telephone by Connor Hogan. Connor is a reporter with Galway Eye. Connor, you were out on the streets the night of the flood in Galway on January 2nd. Can you tell us what the conditions were for the homeless people that night? Yeah, Michael. So I suppose on January 2nd, we had, I suppose it was a day coming on the back of a few weeks of real coldness um, Mm. at different times, you know, real kind of dead coldness, different type of coldness, I suppose, that we'd be really experienced here in the west of Ireland or in Ireland in general, be that from global warming or for for whatever reason. So I was kind of aware of that, I suppose, in the weeks leading up to the 2nd of January, and as a lot of us were. But on the night itself, it wasn't extremely cold, but certainly was cold enough to give you a real sense of um, just absolute dread yeah. to to possibly sleep on the street but also there was a, a, a there was a real cutting breeze that uh, i remember hearing in the preceding days that there was uh, the breeze which you know make a person feel as if the temperature was much lower than what it was actually reading and of course then there was the storm yeah so it was uh, the middle of storm Eleanor, and i mean really in the middle of it because earlier on in the evening Galway had just been attacked really by storm Eleanor, and there didn't seem to be the same amount of awareness going on in Metairn with regard to where specifically it was going to attack. Uh, I know in the preceding weeks for uh, the hurricane Ophelia mm. and the, I think it was Storm Brian that we had then a few days after, that thankfully Galway and the West wasn't, the Midwest in Galway that is, wasn't really uh, severely hit. But other areas such as Limerick was, but on the night of the 2nd of January we got it, I think it was around 5 or 6 o'clock in the evening where we got a lot of floods and it was like a tsunami, to be quite honest with yeah. you, that had come up Key Street, which had broken the uh, bridge down by the Galway Fire Station. And also then it was forecast for a few hours later after I went into Galway City, which was at about 11 o'clock. So it was forecast for about 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. that we we're going to have a second flood, you know? Yeah, so it was just dreadful, really. So you helped some people out that night. Can you tell us about the circumstances in which they, these homeless people found themselves in? Yeah, well, I suppose I just kind of was sitting at home and, as I say, it was the 2nd of January, so it wasn't an awful lot happening. Mm-hmm. Like, for all of us, we were just kind of getting over, I suppose, Christmas and New Year's and that. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, I just went onto the laptop and saw all these videos of floods from earlier on the evening in Galway, and it really took me aback uh, because these are streets that I'd walk almost every day, and just to see them... Um, engulfed underwater it was just unbelievable mm. now obviously Salt Hill and the Prom is quite a regular flutter again that's a place I'd be quite regularly and it was just unbelievable to see it but I suppose it just immediately cut into me that uh, you know a lot of people were talking about businesses and they were saying that s- several businesses were underwater and that was terrible there was no doubt about that but immediately just struck me having been out a couple of nights over Christmas socialising and that having seen the people on the streets that were homeless that you know, what about these people? I mean, yeah. for example, we all have mobile phones now and we all have such an amount of internet and television and so on and media. But some of these people on the streets mightn't have a mobile phone. They mightn't be actually aware of what's happening. And as it turned out, there were a handful of people I noticed on the streets from about 11 o'clock as I walked around to about 1 o'clock that perhaps were not aware of what was to come or forecast to come at 5 a.m. Of course. If you are a homeless person in Galway or in the Midlands, do you know, is there a place for people to get sleeping out equipment like uh, sleeping bags, tents, disposable pots and pans, etc.? 
Yeah, and I think that's a really good question, Michael. Um, I suppose me initially, like I'm, I'm a teacher, coach, therapist, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and I work in the public and private service. And I do work with people, but that said, up until I suppose the second of January, and even the couple of weeks beforehand, where I was nursing, and I suppose feeling as a, a human being, really, for the the homeless people with mm-hmm. all the cold and the bad weather we were having, I wasn't really, you know, fully aware of the services myself. To be quite honest with you, I was aware because I do a swim every year and a lot of people in Galway do and, and different parts of Ireland, you know, on Christmas Day and the problem in Galway, there's a swim there for, and it's under the charity of COPE, which is wonderful. So I know there's COPE charity in Galway and also I think the sign-in services do a lot, of course, for the homeless. So I was aware of those things, but to be quite honest with you, if you'd asked me ordinarily prior to the 2nd of January, where these places were located, I probably wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be too sharp to my brain to actually mm. tell you exactly where they were or what exactly was available from these services. Mm. So, you could so see I, I think the ordinary person wouldn't have that awareness, you know. Yeah, so you could see how other people wouldn't, yeah. What organisations can people contact for help in Galway or in the Midlands? Well, as I said there, COPE, I know, yeah. is a wonderful charity. And the Simon services also. Okay. What advice would you give to people that come across a homeless person living on the streets around them? Well, I think the first thing that needs to be said is that, you know, there's a terminology there used, homeless person. But yeah. the, the second word there is person. They are a person. Mm-hmm. So they all have needs and wants the same as we all do. And, of course, if they're homeless, be it whether they come across, whether they are welcoming or assertive or aggressive Mm -hmm. or for whatever reason, whatever characteristic is coming out in them when you meet them. The reality is they do have needs and wants and of course they want a bed and of course they want a home and a place to just call their own like anybody. But that said, and it's fantastic to be open and welcoming and trusting to people, we just have to be aware, all of us, that if a person is homeless, that they might actually have a mood at that time, they might have problems going on. Obviously, they do if they're homeless, yeah. be it just for that night or, you know, during a prolonged time. So we just have to be a little bit cautious, to be friendly but cautious. Now, I suppose, again, I just mentioned my skills there, you know, from teaching and from coaching and therapy and stuff like that. So I would have used a lot of my professional skills in the mix there mm-hmm. when I was uh, approaching certain homeless people on that particular night. But that said, you know, people are very, very humanistic and these are human beings, the same as I or you or anybody. And I suppose something I did read or hear prior to the night of the 2nd of January was that the worst part for a homeless person, the worst, worse than actually sleeping on the street, the cold and all of that, and maybe even lack of food at times and stuff like that, the worst of all things is not to be actually given a bit of respect by a passerby insofar as eye contact or just a nod or to say hello. That to homeless people seems to be the worst part of, you know, sleeping or being on the street during the day or night. Yeah, I can understand that. We know that this has been a problem for several years. Do you think that the problem is getting worse or better in your experience? Well, again, I suppose it's just in my day-to-day experience being living, I suppose, on the suburbs of Goa City and being in and around Goa City Centre quite often, I have definitely noticed that there are more people in doorways in the last two, three years or so. Again, it's to do with awareness, but I would definitely say this past Christmas 2017 come to January 2018 that I noticed, again, a couple of nights out socialising with friends and that, that there were definitely more people in the doorways than there were the previous Christmas 2016 to 2017. So definitely, yeah, I would have 
definitely be aware of more people being homeless. Mm-hmm. Do you think the government could do more to help people that have become homeless? Well, I think, times? be it the particular party that we have in, in Dáil Éireann at the moment, Fine Gael, or any other uh, parties that would be there, or individuals, independents and that. Of course, this is a huge, huge particular topic that is seems to be getting worse. And of course, at the end of the day, there are politicians representing people. I just can't see myself how people can actually be left in a doorway or left night after night without any particular help. Now, of course, there's fantastic charities like Simon and Cope and all of that, but maybe there's an education needed for the ordinary person like myself, maybe in schools or, you know, in workplaces, because who knows? um, Who knows the kitty, the money that's there in the government? We don't seem to know from... Year to year, we're, we're, we're told a lot of headlines through the media about different mm. services that are needed in different departments, but almost as a thing that's growing, and it could be me or you or anybody that could find ourselves on the streets for a range of problems, not just, you know, the regular problems of, I suppose, people would have, I'd hear teacher, or, sorry, teenagers referring to hobos and yeah. homeless people as being, you know, something that would be very rare and to be outcasted, but it's an education and awareness we need, I suppose, towards people because there's a variety of societal problems now. And yeah, of course the government and all successive governments need to be aware of this. Yeah, well, I think you brought up a good point with the education part, you know, young kids in school and that, you know. So um, as a reporter, how do you feel that we can give a voice to the homeless people? Well, I suppose I think that's the the answer there is in the question. Like I said earlier, it seems to be that the people that have responded to any type of question with regard to what's the worst part of being homeless is that they don't feel that they're recognized, Mm -hmm. that they don't feel that they're respected, just to give someone the very minimal respect and recognition of being alive and looking for attention. And I suppose just to listen to them when they are calm and they are lucid and they are in, I won't say good form, but when they are in communicative form that we just become aware of it and as human beings to be more conscious of it and to realize that, you know, if we walk past somebody on the street and we we feel we could do something or ask them a question or bid them good day or give them a nod or a smile, mm. that, that smile. actually does help them and gives them some hope. And at the end of the day, hope is all any of us can have. Okay, Connor, I'd like to thank you for uh, joining us here for the interview. And thanks for giving us your time and uh, your people. No problem, Michael. It was a pleasure. Okay. Thanks very much.